coming soon to own on video and DVD. right it's disflix and tidbits the disney podcast about disney movies from the past present and coming soon and all the little extras in between i'm your one and only host cassie who is avoiding all things frozen and today is february 20th episode 12 remaking of villain i have a very fun episode for you guys today Uh, About several weeks ago after I published the villains episode, I did a call out to see if anyone would like to come on and talk villains with me, and I got a great response to that request, and this episode features one of the guests that wanted to come on, so look forward to many special guests in the future. Uh, In podcast news, a lot of things are possibly going to change, hopefully for the better and not really that drastic. Like I said, I am a new podcast, so things are going to change until I kind of find my groove. My series, Once I Watched a Disney, is one thing I want to touch up on. It's such a great series. I love having guests on and talking about nostalgic movies. Since the guest and I are usually passionate about the movie that we choose, the episode tends to be longer and I believe it deserves its own separate thing. So just like the movie reviews, they will be published separately. And in this case, instead of just randomly, um, whenever I get to it, they will be on Saturdays. In fact, the second episode of Once I Watched a Disney will debut this Saturday, February 23rd, with Josh from Network 1901 and Modern Mouse Radio. I was also considering on some episodes that will be entirely news-based without a topic to not overfill people's podcast cues. I don't know what to, like, what do you guys think? Would you like a new Citric episode instead, which will mean smaller episodes with topics every other week? or have them separate, or just a topic-centric episode with news every other week. I just want to make sure that the the podcast is a good flow for you guys, the listeners, and more appealing. So if there's something that you like that I should keep or hate that you want me to get rid of, let me know, please. (laughs) I've also made some t-shirts available for purchase. It isn't like Diz Flicks and Tidbits merchandise. Honestly, I don't think this podcast warrants for having merchandise right now unless you guys want some. But if if you didn't know, on the side I draw for fun and for my friends here and there, and you might seen seen some of my work through my friends' logos or on Twitter or through other podcasts. And I started—I decided to start selling some of the t-shirts that are based around Disney park snacks. I have the Dole Whip and Chill shirt uh, that I've mentioned before, but I also have two new ones, a pretzel shirt with all twisted up on the inside on it, or I was just thinking of just having the pretzel by itself. Uh, and then I also have a new one that I just made. It has a Mickey beignet on it, and it it's has this is my beignet eating shirt on it and it looks like powdered sugar all over it so (laughs) they're just cute little designs that I've made and if you're interested I will leave a link in the show notes below the proceeds will just go right back into this podcast to keep it running (laughs) so for this week's hashtag disflex questions I asked on Twitter which Disney based video game was or is your favorite and I actually got quite a few answers here Kirkland at Ear P Holiday said Quackshot from Sega 
the Sega Castle of Illusion, the Wii's Epic Mickey, which is really good, and Super Nintendo's The Lion King. Let's get down to business podcasts responded to me and said The Lion King and Aladdin on Sega, The Little Mermaid on Super Nintendo, and Kingdom Hearts on PlayStation. Part of Your World podcast also answered and they said in response to another thing that The Switch is going to have Zoom Zoom Festival, which is a party game coming soon. So that's interesting. I just don't have a Switch. I would want to play it. That sounds really fun. Magic Our Way at Magic Our Way on Twitter said, PlayStation's The Haunted Mansion. I know Jordan Gasly played that once. (laughs) Uh, Walt Disney World's Magic Racing Tour on the PlayStation as well. I love that one. Xbox 360's Disneyland Adventures Kinetic, or Connect, sorry, and Capcom's Disney Adventures in the Magic Kingdom. So the Disneyland Adventures Connect, I actually have that for Xbox One when they redid it, like remastered it, and I actually have some YouTube videos of me playing it, which was actually kind of cute and fun. I kind of liked it. Sam from at Reverend Frico said DuckTales. And GoFamGo, GoFamGo at GoFamGo blog says, yes, I recently played the the Lion King Sega video game via emulator and cried with my four-year-old. We were talking about how hard that was. That was probably the toughest video game I've played as a child. And I just remember getting stuck on it. So like getting stuck on it and like screaming to the heavens because it was so hard. Jumping was just a trial in that game. <laughs> so thank you to those who participated in this weekly question. I always love to hear about other people's answers to these questions. Sometimes I find something I don't know anything about or like mo- new movies or games. So I really appreciate that you guys are participating in and let me letting me know on what you guys think. So now on to the news. In some sad news, on Friday, February 15th, we lost Dave Smith. Dave Smith was the founder of the Walt Disney Archives and worked for the company for over 40 years. He fought to preserve an archive for the Walt Disney Company, like films, television projects and items, notes, and plans for theme parks. Dave also wrote several books and magazine articles on Disney history with such greats like Disney The First Hundred Years, Disney A to Z, Disney Trivia from the Vault, and the Ultimate Disney Trivia Books. He retired in 2010, but continued to talk Disney and go to conventions to meet his fans and has been unofficially named the leading expert on all things Disney. It's safe to say, thanks to Dave Smith, Disney will live on for many, many years thanks to his work. We surely will miss him. So, in Disney Animation News. Alright, so before I get into this next news story, about a week ago I posted on Twitter that I gave myself a certain challenge. A challenge that has been inspired by the Modern Mouse Radio Podcast, episode 217, which was on the economics of trailers. It's actually a very interesting episode on how trailers have been giving away spoilers lately and kind of ruined some films. You should definitely give it a listen. But it, it gave me something to think about, like, would a movie be slightly better without knowing what the trailers gave us? So I was determined to challenge myself into not watching a movie trailer for a Disney movie that will be coming out this year. 
Frozen 2 was the one that popped up instantly since it was the only one I didn't see a trailer for. It was the only one that didn't have a trailer yet besides Star Wars. And when you choose between Frozen 2 and Star Wars, yeah, I'm going to pick Frozen 2. <laughs> so th- this definitely has been a challenge and it's only been a week. And so I- I've already muted Twitter. I've muted my Facebook. I've been avoiding uh, the YouTube section. I've been seeing stills. I I can't get away without seeing some of the stills, so I I kind of got ruined, but I I don't know what happened in the trailer whatsoever. And I I think it it would be the most difficult when I start going to these Disney movies because I will have to avoid the trailers, even though that's my favorite part of going to a movie is watching all the previews. So so I'm just going to have to skip the trailers all together. Um, even my husband thinks I'm crazy on this because he thinks I picked the most popular Disney movie that's coming out this year, but I didn't really have a choice since we've seen all the trailers for all the movies that happened, that are going to happen the first half of the year. Despite that, Disflix and Tidbits is a move, a Disney movie podcast, and I have to report on Frozen 2. Uh, so, just so you know, the teaser trailer came out on February 13th, like... Five minutes after I posted my ep- <laughs> my last episode, as soon as I muted my Twitter, I went to Twitter to enlist some help from friends and fellow podcasts to give me some audio, either talking about Frozen 2 or what they thought about it. And, and I've actually got three people that really love this idea and helped me out greatly with this. I haven't actually heard any of these clips. Um, my husband did, and he edited for me, so I don't know what they're saying. So here we go. Sup, fellow Disney nerds. Now, you might be thinking in this very moment, who is this person? Why are they speaking to me? Uh, and why is it not Cassie? <laughs> well, hi, hello. My name is Danny Bogue. I'm the host of the Average Disney Nerd podcast, and Cassie asked a favor of me this week. You see, she's a huge fan of Frozen, uh, and she's avoiding all marketing for it together maybe posters it seems but no trailers she does not want to see trailers she is going the unsullied route and i empathize with her because i do the very similar thing with marvel i choose to not watch marvel trailers uh even tv spots i don't want footage of any kind so instead uh she asked me to come on to the show this week to talk about frozen because this week there is a new frozen 2 trailer and man oh man I am so, so excited about this. It's it's really, really exciting. So if you are a fan of the first Frozen, and I will tell you, even if you're not the biggest fan of the first Frozen, I would check the trailer out because, man, does this look good. Well, let's get straight into it. The trailer starts off, honestly, very not what I expected. <laughs> Everyone knows Frozen because of the music, and most of the music is very upbeat and catchy and uh, exciting and whimsical. But this trailer starts off with a very dark tone and I don't mean dark just from a you know tonal perspective but from the colors too the whole first frame is a beach and you can see Elsa she's kind of sitting there at the beach looking at the waves crashing down on the on the sand and man it's full of dark blues and blacks and grays and some purples in there it's very foreboding it's very exciting too though because you can see Elsa she's staring at the ocean and what seems like a wetsuit just very determined and ready to get on her new adventure. Now, we don't know what that is. This is a teaser, not a full-blown trailer, so it's not like we know what she has to do, what challenges she'll be facing, but it seems like she is going to be training for something big. So what she tries to do is she's 
running towards the ocean. And honestly, I don't know what any of us expected, but she's trying to freeze the ocean uh, to get past the giant wave. It is very, uh, it's very Moana-like. <laughs> if you remember that scene from Moana where she's trying to get on her boat and get over that giant wave with the reef and everything. It reminds me of that, but there's these waves coming in and she's trying to get over these first few waves however she can. She's trying to freeze them. She's uh, freezing little platforms with her feet that she can stand on. There's an... I'm not sure if this is a an homage or potentially, you know, an accidental homage, but there's this moment when she gets on a rock and she kind kind of stands up on top of the rock and it kind of looks like that shot in Little Mermaid at the end of Part of Your World when she's on that little rock with the waves splashing and all. So, needless to say, Elsa keeps trying and trying, but this isn't the movie. This is but a trailer. So, we keep seeing her fail. Uh the next shot though is really uh, interesting. It seems like it might be from a musical number because Anna has like her mouth open, kind of like she's singing, but she runs towards a banister and there's a bunch of multicolored, I guess, diamonds. Uh, they they look cool, but you could see that on Anna's face, she looks pretty concerned, <laughs> to say the least. This doesn't look like something she's excited to, to witness, but it does look beautiful. There's just these multicolored diamonds hanging all around what looks like their main castle, uh, Anna and Elsa's castle. The next shot is, man, I feel like we're watching an action movie in this next shot. Uh, there's a shot of Sven and Kristoff riding, galloping, you know, through a forest. But they're not alone. They're with a bunch of Sven's friends, I guess, or maybe friends that he has now made. It's just a bunch of uh, reindeer that are all just galloping full speed. And it, it almost looks like Lord of the Rings. It's really cool. It's an action movie shot. But in what we're expecting is going to be another musical movie. So this looks really, really cool. I don't know exactly what they're running towards, but it looks like they're almost running into battle or maybe they're on their way to save somebody. Uh, it looks really cool. Next up, there is a very uh, sad looking shot. It looks like maybe our heroes will be split up a bit during this movie because Anna is kind of just in a cave or maybe on a beach who knows it could be very much so the beach that uh, Elsa was on earlier but she's just alone uh, she's kind of like huddling next to a rock and just looking very sad so this doesn't look like your your mama's frozen <laughs> right this looks very very to, for lack of a better term dark um, more mature one might say and that is also followed up by the next shot where we see Anna jump from one cliff to another in that same dark area, so maybe she is stuck in a cave and trying to get her way out. Speaking of action movie shots, yet another one. There is a shot of our first glimpse of Olaf in this movie, who's looking really scared, clutching onto Elsa's leg, um, but it looks like there's like this purple fire that's surrounding them. Now, we don't know if this is potentially another person that has elemental powers like Elsa, but it does look like it is a controlled fire and it looks purple and it's surrounding them in a ring and obviously Olaf <laughs> probably doesn't want to be around that so Elsa is trying to freeze it all back uh, with her ice powers it looks really cool it looks out of like an Avengers movie this is really interesting because I, I never associated the first Frozen with action necessarily but man it looks like they're going for that here one of the final shots in the trailer is a shot of characters that are unnamed as of right now. We don't really know who these characters are. Uh, there is a little girl and what seems like a little boy. Um, it's tough to see because he, he kind of zooms in and out of the shot really fast. But they're in a wooded area that looks 
almost like it's representing fall, like leaves are falling, leaves are on the ground, and all the leaves are an amber, reddish, orange color. But there's a young girl there, uh, and then she's looking down at the, the ground, and there's all these leaves, but the leaves kind of shoot up really fast, and inside of the leaves is a little boy. I don't know whether or not this boy is controlling the leaves, or if the girl's controlling the leaves, or if somebody else is, but seemingly so, we have more people that have powers like Elsa, so maybe she's not alone. Maybe she inherited the powers from her parents or grandparents. It's tough to say. Some people online are speculating that maybe these are the children of Anna and Kristoff. I, I don't see that because these kids look like they're 12, maybe 10 or 12. And I don't think that we're making that big of a time jump between Frozen 1 and Frozen 2. Finally, we have one really epic shot uh, where the, the camera initially focuses on our main heroes, uh, Anna, Elsa, Kristoff, Sven, and Olaf. Um, but then the camera pans around to show their backs and shows what they were looking at. And they're overlooking this giant valley of same amber-colored trees. It looks very much so like fall. And it, it's this huge sweeping shot that is overlooking, I guess, the adventure that they're about to go on. And what's really interesting is this is also the shot for the poster. And Josh Gad, who plays Olaf, had said on Twitter earlier this week that there is a hint for the plot of the movie inside this shot. So I don't know what that means. Like, are we looking at different seasons? So Elsa represents winter, but will we also have fall and summer and spring maybe? I'm, I'm not sure, but... It looks absolutely gorgeous. It looks like a painting. Like I, This shot alone sold me on the movie, if not the entire trailer itself. And then, of course, we get our title card, uh, Frozen 2, which will be coming out in November. So this is super exciting. Uh, if you are into trailers, uh, I would check it out. If you're like me and sometimes like to avoid trailers for movies that you're super passionate about, if you're like Cassie and you really don't, uh, want to see anything steer clear because it looks like there's some big stuff in here uh, visually but man sign me up I I think a lot of people online have found it cool quote-unquote to uh, to hate on Frozen but I think that's just because you hear the music so much now that I think about the original movie there are some really great moments in that movie and it looks like they're taking those epic moments from the first one and just building upon that for the second one because this really does look incredible well, I'll hand it back to Cassie. I hope you enjoyed my little abbreviation of, of the trailer itself. If you want to hear more of me, uh, Average Diz Nerd, you can find me on wherever you find podcasts. Hey, everybody. Keenan, one half of the Part of a World podcast here to talk with you about the Frozen 2 trailer that just got released. If you haven't seen it yet, hit the pause button on this episode and go watch it immediately. It is incredible, and whether or not you're excited for the movie is irrelevant. Once you see this trailer, I think you'll agree that there's something interesting going on with the Frozen sequel. Now that you've watched it, let's talk about it. It opens to a stunning beach scene. Um, you know, there's incredible digital animation with the sand and the waves, you know, just exactly what we've come to expect from Disney these days. Then it cuts to Elsa, who is preparing to head out into the water, for what we don't know. She ties her hair in a ponytail, kind of braces herself and sprints off, has a few attempts to climb these waves and looks like she's about to be successful atop this gigantic wave only to have it crashing back down on her. 
then things kind of shift gears and the second half of the trailer is more of a traditional you know trailer montage with shots of Anna and Kristoff with not one but an army of Svens every shot seems to be of an adventure of some sort that they're fighting off an enemy leaping over chasms and then we cut to a new character who appears to have the power to control leaves no, she's probably controlling the wind, um, and she's casting a spell on another new character, as far as I can tell. So that's pretty interesting as well. We see the cast together at some points, but they're often alone. They're definitely not in Arendelle, and they're seemingly constantly in danger. I think it's safe to say that whatever we're getting, or at least as far as this trailer will have us assume, it's not what we were expecting. The trailer is dark, exciting, and complete with a score worthy of a superhero movie. I've already seen tons of interesting theories out there as to what the plot might involve, but I'll let Cassie talk about those as I'm sure she's got some good ones. Either way, you know, with this trailer, my interest went from, you know, I'm going to see Frozen 2 because it's Disney's Thanksgiving release. My kid loves it. Um, my sister's kids love it. And I'll, I'll enjoy it, I'm sure. I liked the first one, you know, I'm not, definitely not complaining, but it was not one of my most anticipated films of 2019. But after watching this trailer, I am now totally hyped for this. I still don't know if it's going to beat out my hype for Lion King or Toy Story 4 or certainly Star Wars, but I'm really curious um, about this film now and, and where they're going with it and what we're going to get. I think it's, I think it's going to be a pretty exciting adventure and the music, you know, it's the same composers, so the music should be excellent as well. Anyway, I'm interested to hear what Disflix and Tidbits listeners think as well, so find us on Twitter and share your thoughts. All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, this is Benson here at Benson Clara on Twitter. I'm going to sit here with my daughter who's 10. We're going to watch the Frozen 2 trailer. She's never seen it. I've seen it once already, and then we'll give you our thoughts on it. Go ahead and say hello. Hello, everybody. Um, and she was really probably about five or six when the first Frozen came out, and she really enjoyed it when she was little. She's not as big a fan now of it for some reason, but we're going to see what she thinks of this Frozen trailer. Okie dokie. I have a Frozen dress, so I think I'm a pretty big fan of it, I guess. What? <laughs> she just took her, his sword and she just slashes the screen like, I don't care, I am paying. Well, you would ass I would assume that she took the sword because she senses something coming that she's got to defend against it. So I'm gonna. So right here, you know, she's she's standing next to there. So some of the theories is that maybe she's looking for her parents. Like maybe she Possibly. thinks they're still alive because that kind of looks like the water where the ship goes down. That is true. Um, or it could be possible she's just wanting to remember her parents. Well, also, too, I think maybe she's trying to test the limits of her powers or true. maybe really kind of learn how to use her powers really well. Because remember in the end of the last one, that we is true. She couldn't sure. really control it that way. Right. Long. It was, she kind of learned it, but maybe she's trying to learn it more. Yeah. So. Getting better at it's it. It's kind of, it's kind of funny for me because like mom and I play World of Warcraft mm -hmm. and the ability to walk on water like that is one of the, uh, one of the characters in the game. So yeah. It's a special ability. So, yeah, that's that's what some people are kind of thinking. Maybe she's out there trying to find her parents or where their ship went down. Or maybe she's a World of Warcraft character. <laughs> <laughs> that's possible, I guess. <laughs> I, I don't know... I don't know what the good would be for her to find her parents' ship. Yeah. You know, it... They already died. Yeah, well, if, if they're dead. You know, it's possible yeah. that they're not dead. 
possible, but, like, every end of movie when somebody dies at the beginning, they're always found in the end. Yeah. Uh, so then we see the scene where Kristoff's with all the reindeer. So right here... That person right there. Wait, right, can you that's replay not, back? Yeah, so, so we'll go back. Person? We're looking at the scene where um, the leaves start moving. It's right after where Anna tries to jump across <laughs> the, the ravine. Yeah. Um, so some people... Right here, let's go to this one. So that there's Why does that scene. look like Moana in, like, a warlock outfit? So this scene here, we see Elsa and, and Olaf, and they've got the pink fire around them. So some people are saying that maybe there's somebody new that controls fire. Yeah. Um, which I don't know why she's trying to shoot fire with her ice powers, because I don't feel like that's going to stop it, but that's yeah. just me. But it kind of looks like a magical fire. Yeah, I can understand. So then there's the scene right after where there's this little she girl. Looks so like Moana. She I guess she does, but let's see if we can go back just... Just a couple seconds. Do you think you could, like, see her face a little better? That's what I'm trying to do, right? Okay, so there's her face. So from the side, she kind of looks like a young Anna, but she's definitely not Anna. So there are some people that are assuming um, maybe she has wind powers, because then we see the wind blow like this. But then that... Who's that? See, that doesn't look like anybody from this group either. So there's another new person in this trailer, too. Yeah. So then there's people saying there could be somebody that controls fire or somebody that controls yeah, wind. air, um, wind and stuff. <clears throat> I think we're going to find out that Anna might have a special power that we're not could aware of. Could be possible, because I'm hearing from a lot of people that Anna, like, she was, so you know how she was born from the same parents? Right. She could possibly have powers because of that cause. Right. Well, and it would make sense because the dad seemed like he knew a little bit about her powers, yeah. so like he kind of expected it. So maybe she has dormant powers that we haven't seen yet. Could be possible. Um, I will say this one, you know, they haven't shown us any songs, so like songs yeah. were a big part of the first one. There's no songs in this one. Really? Well, I don't know yet. As f- okay. This is just the first trailer. Yeah. So I'm sure there will be. Yeah. But this one feels more story depth, where the last one had a yeah. good story, but it was really about the songs. So, like, it's more about the history. It could be history or just their journey to find yeah. something. Maybe, like, a new adventure. Mm-hmm. Well, this scene right here where they're overlooking, like, all the woods and the mountain and stuff, it's very Lord of the Rings feeling, like, when they yeah. when they take on the Lord of the Rings, the quest well, yeah. and stuff. It's very, like, fantasy movie genre. Because, um, as you know, as a movie ends, a new one begins. Usually. So a new story begins. One, it's very possible that this is the end of Frozen True. 2, and we just don't realize it yet. Yeah. So that's some theories that are happening. Um, so then we it's move on, and that's kind of where it ends, just them overlooking, like, you see the river, and the valley, yeah. and the mountain on the far side. We got all our original characters. Yeah. So, and there's a lot more leaves in this trailer than in the first Frozen trailer, so it looks very autumn yeah. and less wintry, so. Yeah. I don't know, we'll see. What, do you, what are your thoughts after seeing the first trailer? Probably that... What do you mean the first trailer? That's the, the trailer? Well, this, yeah, okay. this is the first trailer. Um, so I'm thinking maybe, possibly, the girl in the picture could be a picture of their mom when she was younger, possibly. You maybe? think so? The little girl might yeah. be a flashback? Yeah. And maybe the boy in the air was the dad? Yeah. Okay. And they were having fun. Okay, I like and that. They could be on a journey to find out, because maybe they found out that their parents were still alive, uh-huh. and they were going on a journey to find them. Okay. All right. Yep. All right. Well, you heard it there from the from the mouth of babes, um, what the theory is for Frozen 2, uh, just from her perspective. But we'll see, uh, we'll see, you know, in the fall when it comes out. Hope Possibly. you guys enjoyed this one. 
Till tomorrow. Till tomorrow. So a big special thank you to Rachel and Keenan at the Part of Our World podcast. Danny at the Average Dis Nerd podcast and Benson from at and stuff like that on YouTube for helping me out here. Be sure to check out either their podcast or their YouTube channel, and I will link uh, I will leave a link to all their stuff in the show notes down below. And guys, I do owe you one, so if you do need any help, just just give me a call. <laughs> So in other animation studio news, the Shop Disney website new collection of the year Wisdom has its new Disney movie it is featuring in this month of February. They officially released this month on February 16th, so I guess they're doing this um, in the middle of the month for every month. And it is the movie that they, they dedicated it to is Mulan. Uh, with each month, there is a set of pins, a plushie, a journal, a t-shirt, and a mug, which all all of these pieces of merchandise will have a notable quote from the movie on it. So this month's quote is, The flower that blooms in adversary is the most beautiful of all. And there is this bright, beautiful red color scheme throughout the whole collection. The plushie is Mushu with the quote embroidered on it. The pin set has Cricky, Mushu, and a framed pin of the quote. The journal, the cup, and the t-shirt have the quote on it, along with Cricky and Mushu. Uh, March seems to be a teal color schemed, and, and it is the Jungle Book. So look out for that for March. In Disney live action news, it looks like the new reboot of Pirates of the Caribbean franchise that was in the works is kind of in trouble. The writers from Deadpool, Paul Wernick, and Rhett Reese have completely dropped from the project, leaving the Pirates reboot in deep water for now. This reboot was only just announced in October of last year, and with the pair of writers gone... It probably won't be picked up again, maybe. that That's just me personally making an opinion. I, I just don't think we need another Pirates reboot. It's kind of got ran into the ground, and let's just move on to something else. <laughs> In Marvel news, Disney lost some writers, but it seems as if Marvel gained a writer. Ned Benson has been hired on to rewrite the rated R Black Widow movie. Benson is known for writing and directing the dis Disappearance of Eleanor Rigby, a set of three films, Him, Her, and Them, and he's currently working on a film called My Aryan Princess that Johansson could possibly get a role in, so that could be the connection how he got his position for Black Widow. Since this movie is being rewritten, we don't have any kind of projection of when this movie will actually hit theaters. So, it finally happened. Netflix has canceled the last two of the Marvel series that were left on the streaming service. The Punisher and Jessica Jones. This is due to the ending contract between Disney and Netflix, with the Disney Plus service coming out later this year. There has been talk going back and forth of what was to become of all the Marvel series that once was on Netflix that ended unceremoniously despite having high ratings from viewers. Uh, these other series are Luke Cage, Daredevil, and Iron Fist. There has been word from one of Hulu's top executives, according to Screen Rant, that there is a possibility that Hulu will revive the Marvel shows for their platform. As you know, Hulu is now owned by Disney, but there is the matter of the Disney-Netflix contract that prohibits 
any kind of revival until 2020. And it has already been said that Disney Plus most likely will not house rated R or dark themed shows for the service. So who knows where this is going to happen. And plus, like waiting a whole nother year until they can actually start production possibly. Will the actors still be into it? You know, it has just come out that Gwyneth Paltrow will be retiring her version of Pepper Potts. Gwyneth Paltrow has went on to say that she will no longer be playing Pepper Potts after Endgame, claiming she has gotten too old to play the character and to don a suit. I don't know if that is a spoilers for Avengers Endgame or not, but she said it. She also stated that she would consider doing a cameo for future projects, so that's not retiring your character, Gwyneth. (laughs) In Star Wars news, Lucasfilms have announced Triple Force Friday, a special day dedicated to the release of Star Wars merchandise. This actually has happened in the past for episode 7 and 8, but not with as much fanfare as, as this one, it seems like. This merchandise day will be releasing not only episode 9 stuff, but also merchandise for the new upcoming Disney Plus The Mandalorian. Triple Force Friday will be on October 4th of this year, and we'll be releasing toys, collectibles, books, and so on. But be mindful, these items usually give away a big spoiler to the plot of these stories. They tend to do that, so just watch out if you if you plan on getting some merchandise. Uh, I, I believe Frozen 2's merchandise will also be selling on the same day. On February 15th, J.J. Abrams went to Twitter to announce that Star Wars Episode 9 officially wrapped. And he said, quote, it feels impossible, but today wrapped photography on episode nine, end quote, along with a picture of Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, and Oscar Isaac dressed in character, giving a group hug to each other with what looks like uh, the location of Jakku in the background. Uh, This understandably blew up, and everyone was hoping for an episode nine title any day now. We're still waiting. I think it's going to happen in April. (laughs) In Pixar news, also on February 15th, Good Morning America dropped another teaser trailer for Toy Story 4 starring Bo Peep and Woody. They are planning some kind of uh, escape route in a little girl's room. I'm assuming that it takes place when Woody finds her in Bo Peep's new owner's room home because she is still like dressed in a normal Bo Peep attire and not her nomad look that we were introduced to like a month ago. It's kind of jarring to me because of Bo Peep's new personality. She was also like an aloof character in the first two Toy Stories and was like Woody's love interest, who was also his biggest supporter with the soft voice and come hither glance. In this new short, she's louder, more active in plans, and just more active and talkative. I know, I know this movie isn't directed towards me, but a new generation, but it feels as if they're trying to repaint something that we aren't going to notice. But I notice Pixar, I notice. On February 18th, Pixar also dropped another spork sh- spark short called Kit Bull. The animation style I'm kind of in love with. It's like a 2D animation, but it has like this fuzzy style, like they were made with pastels. Um, but it's probably computer animated, obviously. Um, this short is also another eight minute long short like the rest and it is about a kitten and a bulldog, hence the name Kitbull. The short tackles a very lightly the dark world of pitbull fighting. 
and animal abuse. It was hard for me to actually watch this and it took me two times to actually get through it, but it's such a beautiful short story and tissue warnings here. <laughs> in Disney Plus news, we have an update on the Loki series that will be premiering on the streaming service. According to The Hollywood Report, the series will take place throughout human history and how he's probably an influencer for certain events. This storyline actually takes from the Marvel comic books themselves called Journey into Mystery and possibly will have a kid Loki in it. This is kind of interesting given the events that took place in Thor Ragnarok. Definitely kind of points to the fact that this will take place in the past, but could be in the future because it, Ragnarok, Odin, like, told the boys, like, this is your home now and was talking about uh, Norway and, like, was talking about the Norse mythology, but maybe they went back in the past. I don't know. I'm very confused about this. Another series that will be coming to Disney Plus is based off of the DCOM Sensation High School Musical. It will be called, get this, High School Musical, The Musical, the series. <laughs> they announced the cast just recently and it kind of sounds like a junior version of Glee. This series will be taking place 15 years after the original movie takes place at East High and it looks like it's only 10 episodes long but no word if there's going to be more seasons probably depends on viewership. Uh, the D23 has a whole rundown on all the cast members. There's quite a lot, and so if if you're interested on, on all the characters, I will leave a link in the show notes so you can see for yourselves. In DCOM news, the Kim Possible live-action movie debuted on Disney Channel and DisneyChannel.com on February 15th. And, of course, I watched it. Benson from and stuff like that and Disney at a distance and I watched to, watched it together and live tweeted our reactions. It was kind of an interesting take on the popular Disney Channel cartoon from uh, the the late 90s, early 2000s, somewhere around there. It definitely was a remake. It wasn't like a continuation because it starts out when Kim goes to high school for the first time and some things have completely changed. Like Bonnie, who's Kim's frenemy in the cartoon, they were cheerleaders together. Well, Bonnie's like into soccer and soccer is like the main predominant sport in this movie. Also, how Ron met Rufus is completely different from the cartoon. It, he got Rufus at a pet store because his family or his dad had an allergic reaction to um, pet hair. So they got a naked mole rat. This one, he finds him in a lab. It's completely different. There was one thing that Benson and I were confused about one thing. Did Kim make it known to everyone that she was a secret spy in the cartoon? Because in the movie, she just kind of let it all out there with everyone from her family to her, her classmates. And she even has like a stalker fan who's the new character called Athena. So if anybody can remember and shed a little light on this for us, uh, please let us know. <laughs> Uh, you can also check this movie out on the Disney Channel's website if you have access to watching the movies there, and let me know what you guys thought about it. We also got some sneak peeks of the third installment of The Descendants, first with the first look of how Hades looks like, probably the only villain in this whole series that looks almost completely different than his other counterparts. Think 80s grunge punk rock band member with blue hair. 
Or if you're a Justin Scard fan, he kind of looks of like Justin looked like back in his rock band's day, rock band days, but with blue hair. <laughs> then we got a teaser during the Kim Possible movie, and what we know from this is uh, Doctor Facilier will be in it. Obviously, Hades and Doctor Facilier's kid, I believe, is. The daughter will be playing a part. Uma is back, who is Ursula's daughter, and will be fighting along the villain kids, so I don't know what's going on. It's it's very interesting, and I'm actually excited for this one. Finally, to wrap up the news, the Oscars will be airing on ABC on Sunday, February 24th, and I know it isn't for everyone since it's projected to go over three hours, and it's boring to some people, but I like actually watching this. I am curious to see what kind of awards Disney will reel in with Marvel and Pixar and all that. The category I'm more interested in is the best animated feature because it's kind of like a big contention in the Twitterverse right now of of Spider-Man versus The Incredibles because Disney keeps on pushing The Incredibles. (laughs) My pick is obviously Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, but you never know what the Academy is going to pick and I'm just interested to see. Uh, So let me know if you'll be watching or not, or what categories you're looking forward to. I would love to hear it. So that's it for the news for the week. If you think I forgot something important, want me to talk more about a piece of news, or want to add your own comment on a news article, let me know by emailing me at disflixandtidbits at gmail.com. And on to the topic. For today's topic, Disflix is going back to the realm of villains, but we are doing something a little bit different from episode nine. We're going to delve into the villains of the live action Disney remake movies. And with me to discuss these monsters, evildoers, no good nicks, and downright demons is Josh, one half of the the Disnoids podcast. Welcome, Josh. Hello. How you doing? Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for joining me (laughs) for... A villain's podcast. <laughs> we, I consider myself the good guy of my podcast. It's weird I'm on discussing villains. My brother's probably jealous, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, villains are so much fun to talk about. I, I had so much fun with the, the first part. I was like, I need more people to come on here and talk with me. So I'm so glad that you you wanted to come on and talk some villains with me. That's great. I'm so excited to be on your show. I love your show. Oh, thank you. <laughs> So if you could introduce yourself a little more for my listeners here and tell them all about podcast or other ways to get in contact with you or any projects you may have going on in the future. This is Cassie with a real quick note. Josh's podcast was renamed to the Disnoids a couple days after this interview. So disregard anything about the Uno podcast. It is the Disnoids podcast. Now back to the interview. Okay, well, my name is Josh. Uh, my Twitter handle is TombstoneJosh1. Um, it's a nickname I got a long time ago because I love the movie Tombstone. Not Disney-related, but I love the movie. Um, and the podcast I have currently is Disnoids Podcast. I have a Facebook page called The Disnoids, which started out as a page for dads that love Disney. And um, it kind of branched into Universal, and then that introduced the Universal and other stuff. We cover everything. Nice. Yeah. Um, I, I caught a little bit of Disnoise before it, it turned into Uno, and and I, I really like the the spin that you took with Uno, like Universal and other stuff, because 
And then you actually incorporate Uno the game into your podcast. I love that. Yes, yeah, we, we play a little game. So if you if you want to be on ours and play the game, I would welcome you to come on. Oh, definitely. Although I, I must warn you, I'm not really good at universal stuff. <laughs> you know, we um we try to um mix up the categories so that it's user friendly, I guess you could say. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll take that challenge. so i will provide all the links to everything josh has mentioned in the show notes so you can support him uh so josh before we talk evil i'm going to ask you some disney disney movie questions to see where you are on the disney spectrum the first question is what is your favorite disney movie and it can be from any of the franchises okay so my favorite disney movie go with the old old robin hood cartoon i absolutely love I remember watching it a lot as a kid. So that's the first one that comes to mind. Um, secondly, I really, really like Tron, the newer Tron movie, um, the Pirates of the Caribbean, obviously, and Ant-Man. I really love Ant-Man. So hopefully that's that's covering all the spectrums there. But Oh, yeah. How could you not like a Disney movie? I mean. Yeah. <laughs> They're like – Every time I ask that question, everybody's like, that's so tough. I'm like, well, you can do it through all the franchises or anything. It's really tough to just narrow down to one. So I understand. That was um, one I tried to, um, I was going to bring up also because you're underrated movies. Mm-hmm. I believe the Tron movie is pretty underrated. Oh, I, yeah, I really definitely. dig it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite Disney character or a group of characters? Buzz Lightyear. Mm-hmm. Is who I go to the most because um, Tim Allen and I share a birthday. Oh. So I'm already drawn to Tim Allen because of home improvement and him being a stand-up comic. So, and then it's, I, I really love Toy Story 2, which I forgot to mention, but Buzz Lightyear is probably one of my favorite characters. Oh, good. And do you have a favorite villain? Probably Scar. Scar? That's a good one. My head Scar, yeah. <laughs> on the list i want to talk to you about so i'll, I'll kind of save them okay but right off the top of the head scar all right <laughs> do you have a favorite scene in a disney movie oh goodness um i mean nothing's really coming i mean there's a bunch of them coming to mind mm-hmm. but it's hard to narrow it down just to one um oh my goodness i don't know why but the the stampede scene and Lion King is coming to mind, which oh. stinks because that's a sad one. But, but it, it's so beautifully animated, so I understand why. Yeah. yeah. And it's such a draw because I'm a dad and, the, you know, what's happening to Mufasa. And, mm-hmm. oh, it's a bummer now. Oh, my goodness. I wonder why that's the first one I thought of. Because <laughs> you were thinking of Scar. Oh, there you go. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Would you say you have a least favorite movie in the Dis- any of the Disney franchises? Um, I'm not a Star Wars fan. Does that count? Yeah, that could count. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Star Wars. I wasn't a huge fan of Mulan, which I know a lot of people like. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. They're, they normally knock it out of the park. They normally have some good stuff. Yeah. So, But those are the first two I think of. Okay. Interesting. And finally, what movie are you looking forward to watching in 2000 in, in this year? I guess uh, it does not have to be Disney. Oh, um, any movie at all. Mm-hmm. 
Well, whenever you first asked that, I was thinking it had to be Disney. So Dumbo was the first thing that came up because okay. I'm really looking forward to that. I'm a huge Michael Keaton fan. Um, yeah, I'm surprised he's in that. I'm I'm really hyped about that yeah. too. <laughs> Isn't it interesting? That's an interesting casting choice. Um, but he's good in anything. So um, I don't know what all's coming out this year. Um, all all of the Disney movies are like popping in my head right now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the uh, um, I don't know if this is allowed on the show. Um, the new it, the it too. Oh yeah. Oh yes, I'm looking forward to that big time. That's a that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need to watch the 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 first one again just oh, to yeah, get me right into one? the mood. Oh, well, I have. It's just it's been a while. So, if the second okay. one's coming out this year, I can't wait. <laughs> well, um, the um, I don't know about you, but. What draws me to movies most of the time is actors in them. And mm-hmm. the new It movie has Bill Hader. Do you know who that is? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah, he's in it. I love him. So, And I believe it's, um, is it Jessica Chastain? I believe she's in it as well. So, And oh, she's okay. awesome. Wow. Well, thanks for mentioning that because I didn't even know that was mm-hmm. happening this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. You, pa- you passed my first test. <laughs> Um, so now that I got that out of the way, uh, we can get into the mindset and talk about villains. And as I said before, we're going to step away from the animated films, but go to the live action films from the past and the future. There's, there's a lot of live action films in the two thousands, and we're going to mainly focus on the, the remakes and maybe some of the other live actions probably here and there because there's some that are like based off of the rides in Disneyland and Disney World so we might talk mm-hmm. about those too. Both Josh and I are going to take turns listing a movie and their villain and then exclaim how evil they are and discuss what makes them evil. Yeah, let's, let's go with the flow. Yeah. So since you're the guest, your choice first. Okay, my my, who I'm going to go with first is because, again, I'm drawn toward the, the actor, the actress. And mm-hmm. this case, um, Alice in Wonderland, the Queen of Hearts, played by the awesome and beautiful Helena Bonham Carter. Um, now, to me, that's that's pure greed. That's pure wanting all power. So I think her role in that movie and the way she played it, um, I don't know about it, how it is to you, but I like a, a little bit of humor. And maybe mm-hmm. a little bit of sarcasm in my villain. And I think she really, she did a great job in that role. Oh, definitely. I think she was the standout star in that whole movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember waiting in line to watch that movie. And I was like, oh, so really? excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was so obsessed with it because I, I love the, the cartoon, um, mm-hmm. even how weird it is. And my favorite character from there was the Cheshire Cat. So I was like, really like into the yeah. Cheshire Cat. I loved his look and everything. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of disappointed, but uh, the Red Queen, Queen of Hearts was like so great. I loved how they designed her yeah. <laughs> to make her big headed, literally and figuratively. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Yeah. Another thing I love about that actress too, is that she can go into any role mm-hmm. and like she can transform herself incredibly. So I, I'm a really big fan of hers and I just liked her funniness in the movie, but you can still sense the evil and like I said, the greed of her just wanting to be in command of everything. And I thought she really nailed it. Oh, yeah, definitely. So if, if we were going to say which one was better, the cartoon or the live action, 
what would you say on that one? Do you think the the live action was was better? So okay, more evil. I would say the cartoon, and that's just me personally because. Mm-hmm of the fact of uh, the sequel, we get a behind the scenes of how the Red Queen actually is and why she is. So she has more of a backstory in the live action. While the the cartoon doesn't really have a backstory, there's no reason she's just mad like that. So I, I'm going for cartoon. Okay, I got you. Awesome. What do you think? Well, I'm gonna stick with, with Helena on this one. I, I really liked her in that role. I just, um. That's, I think that's why I wanted to lead off with her. She was the one that stuck out to me when I was kind of doing my notes and, and went over this list and just a fan of the actress. So, and I, to be honest with you, I'm not, I think maybe I've seen the cartoon twice in my whole life. So maybe I need mm-hmm. to go back and revisit it. Yeah. It, it's, it's an insane one. <laughs> <laughs> what is my, your pick? Maybe? My pick is a twofer because it's the same person. <laughs> okay. 101 Dalmatians, Cruella de Vil. Solid choice, solid choice. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, how could you go wrong with Glenn Close as Cruella de Vil? Yeah, that's right. That was almost like she was made for that role. Oh, yeah. She was awesome (laughs) in the first one. The second one was like, I don't know what they were doing with with her plot. Do you remember Mm -hmm. the plot? I do not. They made a second live action one? Yeah, 102 Dalmatians. Oh, no. So the the first one was like really, really close to the animated version. She was very crazy. She was very loud. She was very boisterous and and everything. And she fit the bill. Hugh Laurie, who played House, he was Jasper. Yes, yes. Oh, I love that. But in this very cool. That's a a throwback there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) In 102 Dalmatians, it came out in 2000 and the plot of the story is that Cruella DeVille not only went to prison, but she went to get reformed and cured her of her, her, her fur desires. She saw a doctor to hypnotize her into not wanting furs anymore to make her into a good person. And like literally made her into a good person where she like donates to charity and everything. But she, they put the Pavlov effect on her. So every time she hears like a loud noise, she snaps out of it and she wants fur again. It's very weird. <laughs> that's we got Glenn close back for that. Yes. Oh my goodness. That's well, good for her, I guess. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I have not seen that one. I might have to check it out. Yeah. But if we're talking about just the first one, like I said, it was like she was made for that role. I mean, even down to the look, you didn't even have to change her much. And she just looked right for that role. Oh, yeah. And she plays uh, a crazy person very well. Oh, <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> and I can't see anybody else but her playing that. So I hope they don't try to reboot this series because. Mm-hmm. That's one of my fun rumors I had is mm-hmm. that they are, that one's in talks to being redone. And have you seen who they're considering? Oh, yeah, I did hear about that. Emma Stone is playing, like, yeah. teenage Cruella de Vil, right? Yeah, or in her that's, 20s. Yeah, that's an, interesting, that's an interesting pick. She's not a bad actress, but that's almost one of those where you're, where you're right. Like, man, they shouldn't redo that one. Yeah. But I think it's like an origin story, isn't it? So they won't, I'm not sure. They won't mess with the 101 Dalmatians. I don't think. I think it's an origin story because it's set in the 80s. I did. I did a little thing on it, too. 
Yeah, that would be interesting. <laughs> it would be, yeah. Emma Stone's, Emma, Emma Stone's a pretty good actress, so it'd yeah. be cool to see what she does with it or even what the story is, because if you're right about it being a, a backstory, it'd be interesting to see how she came to be the way she is, I guess. Mm-hmm. So who do you think is the worst, the animated or the live action? I'll have to go live action again. I believe Glenn Close is, she is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I am team animated on this one. Oh, no. We're going oppo too much. I know. I don't know <laughs> what it is. It's just like those crazy red eyes when she's driving. I don't oh, know. Oh, you know I what? Think... Yeah, you might be right on this one. I might need to, um, <laughs> I might need to switch my boat. Because now, now I can think about the way she was driving. and Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's go animated. I agree with you. Okay. I, I turned <laughs> you to the dark side. <laughs> yeah, of course, you me. All right, so your turn. My pick, my pick. Um, I'm going to go with another bias here. Mm-hmm. Um, and my bias is Charleston. I'm from Charleston, South Carolina, and we have a pretty, pretty famous person that resides here by the name of Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and his big movie with Disney, I think, is Jungle Book. And oh. the villain in Jungle Book was Shere Khan, played by Idris Elba. Now, oh, if you yeah. want to talk about just a mean, evil, um. That would have, like, before Jungle Book came out and they were talking about a Lion King, that's who I would have wanted to play Scar. But I think they really got it right with him as Shere Khan because where where you have Scar, who's kind of like a bad guy who has ill intentions, pure evil and strength of evil, kind of like you would think of a, like maybe a super, like a comic book villain kind of evil. Mm -hmm. I think he played Shere Khan pretty well. Oh, in my opinion. Oh, I agree. Like his his voice like perfected it. I oh think. yes. Yes. Did you um did you like that movie? Oh, I loved it, except for yeah. uh the King Louis part I was kind of weirded out by. <laughs> well, it is Christopher Walken, so he probably yeah. put his spin on it. Cause that's my favorite part in the animated version yeah. is the King Louis part. Yeah. yeah. And, and putting his twist on it, it just, like, it took away from the song. And I know, like, we shouldn't do, like, <laughs> word-for-word remakes, but I was just, like, I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird. I'll go with you there. But, um, but yeah, there was, there was something about um, the way, I don't, I don't know, like, they did such a good job with that movie to me, making it live action with the animals. Mm-hmm. That's something about, like, it just stood out to me. Like, I was like, man, that's a really, like... I'm scared of this tiger and he's just on the TV, you know? So it was, it was pretty, I think I thought like he was ruthless, but mm-hmm. he had, he had a intention for what he was trying to accomplish. And it seemed like he would have done anything to, to make that happen. So I was like, that's pretty evil. Yeah. So between animated and live action, I would have to give it to live action at this point. I'll, I'll agree with you there. I, um, I really love the animated version of this movie. But, um, you know, as far as villain-wise, Shere Khan, tough, tough cookie. Yeah. <laughs> did you know that they did another live-action Jungle Book, like, way early 90s, mid-90s, maybe? I did not. Yeah. Or, or maybe maybe it'll refresh my memory, but, um, wow, I did not, no. Yeah, it was the first... Well, don't quote me on that, but I think <laughs> it's the first live-action remake that they did. Oh, no. And I remember owning it with the clamshell VHS tapes. 
And oh, um, wow, that's really I, cool. I, I remember the actor's face, but I could not tell you his name. And I don't remember most of the, the um, movie, but I don't, I, I think it was like Homeward Bound style where the animals were there, but like there was oh, a, a voice actor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm adding that to the list of movies I need to check out. <laughs> it's it's interesting. I, I don't think it was that great, but I thought it was very interesting for the time because mm-hmm. it was the first time they did that, I think. Cool, man. Yeah. All right, you are up. Who is next in your list of ruthless villains? All right, so this is a very underrated movie. Okay. Um, it is not a live action remake, but I need to mention it because it is a live action and animated combined. Oh goodness, I think I know where you're going here. Enchanted Queen Nerissa. Oh my goodness. That's a good one. Now I know we can't compare it to an actual um animated movie, but it like it combines both of them. Um, together so well because she's like the evil queen she's maleficent she's all the other evil female villains combined in there and Mm -hmm. susan sarandon playing this is just perfect i think another phenomenal actress yeah i've only seen that movie a couple times but i mean even in the few times i've seen it i mean like yeah as soon as you said the movie i was drawn i was like oh yeah this woman was she she was in it she was like fantastic portrayal of of every character she was doing and yeah. it really made for a fun movie. And I love how it was like a satire on all of those princess movies. So it had the wit to it. And yeah. so it was serious, but not serious. And <laughs> it was, it's one of my favorite, favorite movies. <laughs> That's and, cool, man. Cool. What was that? And, Is that Amy Adams in that one? Amy Adams. Yeah. Awesome. She's great too. Yeah. All right, so if we're veering off track a little bit, I'll go with the one I was telling you about earlier that I'm a huge fan of the franchise and especially some of the villains in it. And um, it's the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, I really loved what they did with the uh, with the CGI, especially with Davy Jones. Mm-hmm. And it's so weird that they can put an octopus on somebody's face, but they're having troubles with the genie here recently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but no. The three the three villains that stood out to me for this franchise were, of course, Davy Jones, mm-hmm. um, Captain Salazar, and then Barbosa, of course. Just oh, yeah. so much fun. And they, they were – Barbosa maybe was not as evil, but he was definitely the villain in the first couple of movies. I think he's in almost all of them, but yeah. he was just a lot of fun. And that goes back to my – I love my villains to have some sense of humor. And, and you know, that can add to the story as far as – um sarcasm like i'm a huge fan of sarcasm and uh barbosa was great great for that w- were you a fan of those oh yeah i loved them uh so when i moved here to montana i was in high school and i remember when the first one dropped i just got into high school and i was like so excited about it because not only was it johnny depp it was pirates of the caribbean my favorite ride cool. in all of disneyland and disney world <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and i'm like they're gonna make a movie they're gonna make so i was there first night and like taking my friends and i don't understand i'm like you just need to ride the ride and you'll understand everything <laughs> <laughs> so i was a huge fan and i love barbosa yes that is that's awesome I'm, I'm a huge fan of the ride as well 
And when it comes to dark, dark rides for me, it's a toss up between that and haunted mansion. But when I did see they were going to do a live action remake of the ride, I was super stoked. And um, I mean, Johnny Depp is the, the star, of course, mm -hmm. but I think Barbosa is right there with them. Like he definitely adds a lot to the movie himself. Not very evil, maybe not the most vicious villain, but a lot of fun. Sometimes you need a fun villain. Yeah, I, I think it, it's his voice that like <laughs> brings it home. Like in the first yeah. one, it's uh, what's that line that he says to Elizabeth Swan when we first meet him? Um, you best be leaving in. Um, nightmares is it nightmares i think you're, so yeah you best be believing in nightmares because you're in one <laughs> that yeah. was my favorite line of the whole movie and yep, i probably butchered it <laughs> that was another thing i wanted to touch on these with you is do you think like like being a a voice actor is is like way different than being a screen actor because mm -hmm. i mean you have to it seems like when you're behind the scenes putting the voices to these characters you're you can like just it seems like they just go all in, you know, and, and like a voice, like you say, a voice means so much to a character like like Barbosa. I mean, if you think of Scar's voice and Lion King, that was just a powerful. I mean, Jeremy Irons nailed that voice. Oh, yeah. And it's just like just that voice kind of made you like, ooh, this guy, this guy is somebody to watch out for. So I was just like, what do you think? Do you think the actors are adding or do you think the voice like the voice actors are, are the main driving force? I think it's both. Like I forget his last name, but Jeffrey, like if you see him in other films, he doesn't have the Barbosa. Huh? Jeffrey yeah. Rush, yeah. Yeah, Jeffrey Rush. If you see him in other films, he doesn't have that same voice that he gives to Barbosa. So you you mm -hmm. can tell that he's in character and he brought out this own voice for this character. And the fact that um I bring up the voice in that aspect in that line is because he um, is CG animated at that point. And so he relied on his voice to act that out because yeah. either he yeah, was CGI or he was in a, in a green suit or whatever mm -hmm. that's called. <laughs> but yeah, so, that's, that's um, that was another thing is um, pil uh, pirates are already villainous as it is. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think he nailed the pirate role of it for sure. And then Davy Jones, I mean, just looking at him was creepy. Same thing with Salazar. They were just both just scary to look at. And I think they really did a good job with those guys. Mm -hmm. Those were excellent villains. Do you play the um, Disney Emoji Blitz? I, I used to, but I know what oh, it's man. about. Yeah, it's a fun game. I think, um, I think right now they have some kind of Valentine's Day event, but they had a Pirates event not too long ago. And... Um, they had Davy Jones on there. I think he like summons the Kraken or something. It's pretty cool. But. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty fun. I would just I, like my old phone couldn't handle the the app, and I just I haven't re-downloaded it. <laughs> yeah, I was listening to your um, your most recent episode today, and mm -hmm. um, I think it's the only Disney game I play. Oh, really? I think that's the only. Yeah, because I I'm not really a gamer. I've always been, you know, um, into music and sports. So. Um, but yeah, that's probably the closest game I play to, oh, okay. to Disney, I think. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I've always been a gamer. I've always been drawn mm -hmm. to it. So um, Kingdom Hearts was one of my very first games, along with the Final Fantasy that you heard in the episode. So, uh, that's so cool. It was a fun episode. You guys did a great job. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I'll, I'll tell Jordan and Anthony. <laughs> <laughs>
Awesome. I believe it is your pick, ma'am. Okay. So this one is pretty tough right now, maybe. I'm going to go with Maleficent. Oh, okay. Nice. I was yeah. torn with that one myself because she kind of turns out to be the good guy, doesn't she? Yeah, she she has a a backstory where you feel for her and you you kind mm-hmm. of sympathize with her why she's angry. While in in the animated version, she just like I curse you. <laughs> you didn't invite <laughs> me. I'm gonna curse you. <laughs> yeah, that one's that one's interesting. She definitely played the evil role great, and I mean we're talking about Angelina Jolie, of course. Um, she was a lot of fun to watch. That was a pretty cool movie. Did you like the movie itself? Oh yeah, I I definitely love the movie. Maleficent's one of um my top favorite villains, mostly because the color mm-hmm. scheme. I'm kind of weird about that. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be an art major, so like the um purple and the black and the the neon green, just like it. She she's just a very coolly drawn villain, and so I yeah, loved it. And yes. And, how they turned Angelina Jolie into Maleficent and with her head wrap and everything. It was the cheekbones. The cheekbones to me are like, Holy wow. That's neat. (laughs) Yeah. The costume design in that movie was just awesome. And she still played the evil villain very well in certain parts, but she's not really a villain, but she is at the same time. It's interesting. It's really, yeah, it was a really cool movie. I think um, whenever I was doing my notes for this show, um, I, I was thinking about that. I was like, man, is she a villain? Is she a good guy? Or is she just somebody that's protecting what she believes in? And I wasn't sure what she was doing. But as far as needing to strike fear into somebody, she nailed it. Oh, so yeah. I think she definitely counts as a villain for sure. Mm-hmm. So animated or live action for you? Um, I'll probably go animated on that one just because you know, villain wise, bad guy, the old school Maleficent was, is what you look for in a villain, I believe. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm going to go animated too, because you, you can't go wrong with, um, not being invited. Like you said, yeah, the color scheme, <laughs> you can't be a Disney villain without having neon green and purple. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Is it All my right. turn? Yes, it is. This is a fun game. Um, I don't know whether to go funny or go with an actress I love. Um, let's go with Kate Blanchett as Lady Tremaine from the remake of Cinderella. Mm. Wasn't yeah. a big fan of the movie, to be honest with you. I've probably seen it once, maybe twice. But um, probably probably Kate was the standout to me in the movie. She, she definitely played that evil stepmother to the T. Oh, so. yeah. That's that's a good one because Lady Tremaine is just known to be the worst stepmother in the world (laughs) (laughs) because all she wanted was money and power and she wanted class and she wanted her title Mm -hmm. and she's definitely the epitome of that parent that wants their um, children to do what she couldn't type of thing very manipulative i would say she played the role in that kind of conniving um i'm gonna take this out on you to get what i want kind of way so again not not my favorite movie of the remakes but Mm. she was a cool villain i'd say she was a cool villain yeah it's weird the more you look at these you realize how many they are 
and there's yeah. just so many more there's so many more coming it's crazy i know it's so crazy it's going to be the the um era of the remakes and sequels <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes, yeah sometimes they just shouldn't be done though but you know hey whatever they'll make them and we'll see them whatever yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so, so I only have one left on my list. One left. Do we? Have, do you think we have the same one? Or do you have a few more? I have a few more, but some of them don't count. Because they don't have like an animated version to them. Although one okay. you can fight over. <laughs> so I'll go with that one. Into the Woods. I have not seen that. Uh-oh. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. I think it's on Netflix, though. Or yes, Voodoo, it is. One of them. One of them. Um, yeah. So it is a bunch of different fairy tales mixed into mm -hmm. one, and all the characters are integrated with each other's story. Mm -hmm. So you have Rapunzel, you have Cinderella, you have Jack and the Beanstalk, uh, you have... Um, one other one that I can't quite <laughs> remember, but they're all integrated and they have one villain. And sorry, I'm looking up her name real quick. Meryl Streep is the witch. Okay. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. I know what movie you're talking about. So she. Meryl Streep was a bad guy in this movie? She was. Wow. That's interesting. I know, because when you saw her in the trailer, she was, like, beautiful and gorgeous, like a fairy, right? Yeah, like a fairy godmother or something. So she's actually the witch. She's actually the fairy godmother to Cinderella, but she's also a witch. And she kind of plays on the trope of, like, the evil queen and um, other stepmothers in fairy tales. But her role is she is the witch of the Rapunzel story, the real story, where she's... Okay. She steals a baby from a couple because uh, they stole from her and mm -hmm. then locks the girl in a tower. And then it, it's actually a very morbid story. <laughs> and it, so Rapunzel like is trapped in a tower, but um, kind of sneaks a prince up to her tower and like has an affair with him behind the witch's back. And the witch, in turn, pushes the prince out the tower. And this prince in the, Into the Woods is also the prince of Cinderella. It's very confusing <laughs> trying to talk very, about it. Um, what's that TV show with all the fairy tale people? Uh, Once Upon a Time, right? Yes, that sounds kind of like that to me. Yeah. That's interesting. That's really cool. Yeah, it was I'm a Broadway play, into. so they turned it into a movie. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, I will take that. There we go. I'm writing down something else to watch. <laughs> so I'm going to go with that because Meryl okay. Streep's witch is great. Meryl Streep is, is a great actress. She plays the witch oh, yeah. well. She's and got it, the trophies to prove it, too. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And uh, just so you know, it is a musical because it was That's a Broadway a play. Um, That's fine. Uh, so... She sings in it, and she sings beautifully. And how evil she is because she plays, like, three different roles in three different stories, but she is the same person. And I think that's mm -hmm. kind of awesome. That's awesome. That takes some range and some skill. So, I mean, you've sold me. I'm going to go check it out probably tomorrow. 
So it's greatly appreciated. I'm having a hard time getting through uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet. I feel like I've started to watch that three times now and just can't get through it. Mm. To me, it's not as fun as the first one, but. Yeah, it isn't. It yeah. it has a nice uh, lesson to it. I, I really like the lesson, but it does. Mm-hmm. It's very ADHD in its plot points because it's just like mm-hmm. there and there and there. And I don't mm-hmm. know why they did that, but it has a nice, sweet lesson to it. <laughs> I mean, it, it is it is a beautiful movie to look at. Like it is spectacular. Like the colors and the stuff that's happening in it. But I just like it, it didn't grab me like the first one, so I just haven't watched it all the way through yet. Mm. And now, because of this Into the Woods, I'm not going to watch it again tomorrow. So. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Is it my turn? Yeah, you got the last okay, one, so I think. One. So the last one I have before my whole rumors and, and kind of like what-if game I want to play with you, um, Beauty and the Beast, of course, Gaston, um, which is one of the funner meet-and-greets at the parks. But um, in the movie, played by Luke Evans, um, are, you, are you familiar with Luke Evans? Uh, he's escaping, like all his roles escape me right now. <laughs> Remind me. <laughs> so the only two movies I know, I really know him from are Fast and the Furious and then Dracula Untold, um, mm, which okay. I believe he's the main character in Dracula Untold. Okay. But um, he's he's like a really cool actor. Like he's one of those up and coming guys that are that are just cool to watch on screen. And um, I believe he played gaston pretty well you know that kind of selfish um was it machauvinistic or however you say that word um just he played it right you know and again it was one of those guys that would do whatever it takes to get what he wants and yeah. it just seemed like he, he nailed it it was a lot of it was a really fun movie i didn't like the the live action as much as the cartoon again like cinderella but um but gaston i think stole the show for me oh yeah definitely i i loved his song that's one of my yeah all-time favorite I want to sing at karaoke song <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah so and much fun Josh Gad killed it with that song <laughs> he sure did he kills it in everything though man he is so much fun yeah but I, I agree with you like he he's just so full of himself and he, <laughs> I, I was kind of worried because when I heard Luke Evans speak I was just underwhelmed because i was hoping mm-hmm. for like this big booming voice that the original cast on did but really glad with this performance <laughs> i really liked yeah, it he, in did, the he, end. he almost like he almost made the role feel like like he wasn't a bad guy he was like you know what you should be cheering for me to get what i want you know he kind of kind of had that spin on it and i thought that was a lot of fun too but but you know he got what he deserved in the end so yeah but then, then again, that's another one I go back to where I like a little bit of humor in my villain. I just, I, I like it. Like, personally, that's what I like to look for in a, you know, evil, but funny. Yeah. That's a, that's a good combination to look for. <laughs> <laughs> because we don't want all seriousness all the time. Yeah. We want to know that the villain does have flaws, um, more flaws than the evil side to him. But <laughs> And that kind of helps with the... I guess the mirage, because you don't really know how evil they are if they put on this front of, you know, like funny or sarcastic. You know, you don't really and it kind of kind of helps hide their their evilness, I think, if that makes any sense. But yeah, that, that makes sense. <laughs> That's it for the ones that are out. <laughs> yes. 
But we got there's three, there's three I have here that are coming out soon. Um, two that definitely have some of the more popular villains. I didn't know if you wanted to touch on those. Oh yeah, definitely. Let's try it. So um, so the first one, of course, is the brand new Lion King. The um, I don't know why they're remaking this live action. Um, you kind of want to trust um Favaro. I think that's who's making it because mm-hmm. he's done a good job with other movies, like he did with the Jungle Book. He did a great job. But man, that that just felt like one of those ones that they shouldn't touch. Yeah. But, um, but with Lion King, I mean, you're looking at one of the classic all-time best villains in Scar. And and how you can improve upon that role, I don't know. Um, I don't know how to pronounce the dude's name that's okay. playing him this time. <laughs> Good thing that you confirmed it. I was just about to look it up. So this is the one that I can't pronounce either. So a little tidbit for you, because I have a son who watches Disney Junior all the time. Are you aware of the the Lion King series that they have going on right now? Disney Junior? I am not. No, so, no, no. They created a new series called The Lion Guard, and it's about Simba and and Nala's son. They had a Mm -hmm. a second kid, and somehow they bring Scar back. I don't know how. I I didn't get into it, but (laughs) the voice actor for Scar is this guy who's playing Scar. Oh, wow. Well, congratulate them for doing that. You know, that's pretty cool. And he has a great voice. And okay. I, I believe in him. And the it's kind of a sad but like um, coincidence story, but he does actually have a scar across his face that he got in a really bad accident. So was it a driving accident? Did he get in a, a fender someone, bender? Someone he <laughs> lost someone in the in the accident, unfortunately. Yeah. But he does have a scar and he plays scar on the lion guard. So Okay. Well that's cool. I mean, that's really neat that they're using the same guy. Yeah. Um, again, like like I mentioned earlier, Jeremy Irons played the original uh-huh. Scar, which to me was phenomenal. I mean, talk about a great performance. I mean, in a cartoon to portray that kind of evil. And I mean, I don't know how they're going to I don't know how they're going to do it, but yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to see this one. Yeah, especially like the same guy did the Jungle Book. And the Jungle Book was great, so mm-hmm. they can only improve on the the CGI on that. Yeah. Did um Scar come up in your your other villain show that you did? Um, not yet. I haven't gotten to that Renaissance era, but okay. yeah, not yet. <laughs> he will soon. Do you, um, do you think it's going to be hard to um? I know you don't want to duplicate or do the same thing, but do you think that they'll um? They'll do a good job with this with this new scar. It's hard to picture where that one's gonna go. Yeah, I know. Like, it, it kind of looks like it's gonna suffer the same way it did with Beauty and the Beast. I don't know how to say it correctly, but like, you know how Beauty and the Beast was like almost word for word, shot for shot. Yes. And yes. what we've already seen, we saw the Circle of Life, and it was shot for shot. I'm kind of worried that they're gonna do that again. Mm-hmm. But with the amazing cast that they have, I'm hoping that they just tweak sure. it a little. <laughs> I, like I like to tell you, I trust Favaro. Um, and I want to say I did see somewhere that it's not going to be exactly shot for shot. So okay. there's, a, there's a little bit of hope there. Yeah. But I mean, that movie can't get here soon enough. That's another one to be excited for. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and then the other one I have here is Jafar, of course. Um, 
which is, I mean, the movie itself, Aladdin, I think, but when did the trailer come out? It just came out this weekend, right? Yes. So I don't know. What'd you think about that? Seeing that. Genie uh, aside, uh-huh. I was confused <laughs> because we know Jafar is having this big looming voice. It's deep mm-hmm. and dark. And then plus he was old and ugly <laughs> Because the Sultan actually said that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And this guy, excuse me for fangirling, but he is hot. (laughs) I don't know. Do you remember from the first one, though, that he was in a disguise when he took Aladdin to that cave? Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for here. I'm kind of hoping for a, um, like, that's not really what he's going to look like. Because you're right. He is a handsome dude, you know? Yeah. And like the Jafar from the animated kind of had like a giant head and the, the kind of silly beard and stuff like that. So I don't know. But that that teaser trailer was definitely a teaser because you're right. You don't know what's going on. Yeah. He didn't move his like we didn't see his face and hear see him say that. So maybe he is in yeah. disguise when he says it. So maybe as mm-hmm. a softer voice as the old man, because that scene that we saw is not how it happens in. The animated version so mm-hmm. i'm hoping these are just like leftover shots that they're just putting together so they have something yeah. for us yeah yeah i'm not a huge fan of um like i try to stay away from trailers sometimes and i mm-hmm. think i saw you are too but um but with that one i just had to watch it because of what everybody was saying about the genie but yeah i um i really like jafar did you like jafar as a villain in the animated oh yeah definitely he was very manipulative he was very take charge he knew what he wanted and he almost succeeded like he actually he did succeed he just Mm -hmm. didn't know that's what would happen (laughs) when he asked for that cool man but yeah that's another one to be excited for and um i can't pronounce this one's name this guy is marwin kenzari Mm -hmm. and um the only movie i know him from is the most recent mummy movie did you see the newest mummy I didn't. I was kind of hating against it because I <laughs> love the original mummies. <laughs> They're so good, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. My brother being a huge Tom Cruise fan kind of uh, made me see that one. So, yeah. but he's from that movie. He had a small role in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of excited to see what he does with Jafar. Another yeah. one of those classic all time greats. Um, hopefully they don't ruin it. So, yeah, that's that's know. my favorite Disney movie. So I hope they don't ruin it. Is <laughs> <laughs> it your favorite? That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> did you see the um? Did you see the magic carpet trailing behind Jasmine? Yeah. It looks so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Boo looks great. I'm glad that they went with a real monkey, even though probably it's going to be CGI mostly. But they they yeah. scaled a real monkey. <laughs> I'll say the only thing I was bummed about, which I don't know if you see me put this on Twitter or not, was um, where was Gilbert Gottfried? Why did oh, yeah. I not hear his voice? <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't spoke yet. We just see him fly. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. yep. If I just hear, I'm sold. Like I'm already sold for this movie. But if you put Gilbert Gottfried in it, I'll go see it five times. <laughs> awesome, awesome. And then the only other one I have left is the great Michael Keaton playing. What is it? Va. Vindavir mm-hmm. with the villain from Dumbo is who he's playing. Yeah. Which he doesn't exist in the real Dumbo. Yes. 
So this is interesting. <laughs> so he'll be playing Bartim and ba- Bailey, sort of. Okay. Was, is it him and Danny DeVito or the quote-unquote bad guys in this movie? Yeah. Okay. I just recently watched Dumbo for my other series once once I watched Disney, and I it was the first time since I was six that I watched it, and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. the ringmaster, he's the villain. <laughs> <laughs> Here, yeah, that's, that's another one of those classics like Robin Hood that I love. So I kind of see it like maybe once every six months or something like that. So I'm I'm a little more familiar with it. So that I think that's why I'm stoked for the remake. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, it's gonna be cool to see what Michael Keaton does. He's great in just about everything he does. Oh yeah, definitely. I I'll, I want to see how he turns this uh into like turns this character into a villain like definitely he's gonna be like money hungry or yes very greed i can see greed playing a big role Mm. yep and he's in everything now and i love it (laughs) (laughs) yes i'm glad he came back he went away for a while yeah i thought i saw there was talks for uh, a beetlejuice 2 which would be amazing but um i don't know where that's gonna go that's awesome that's all the people i have did you have any more I, I didn't, well, I wanted to give, like, at least a shout out, because these villains don't really, are <laughs> not great, but mm-hmm. the Haunted Mansion movie. Okay. Was that the Eddie Murphy one? Yes. Okay. I only okay. watched it once, so forgive mm-hmm. me for this. Um, I've seen it in so you're winning over I am. <laughs> <laughs> so the Haunted Mansion's villain is Ramsley the Butler. And this is when Disney, as a whole enterprise, tried to create a backstory for the Haunted Mansion in both parks in the U.S., at least. Okay. So we all know when we go into the elevator that is the ghost host that's hanging. And so the ghost mm-hmm. host is supposed to be Gracie. Um, what's his name? It's, not, it's Master Gracie. The story behind this... <laughs> really weird movie is that the butler um, wanted Master Gracie all to himself so he killed Master Gracie's bride and by doing that Master Gracie killed himself hence the hanging and then Mm -hmm. cursed the butler in turn and then um, comes back as a ghost to haunt the, the mansion and then when Eddie Murphy and his wife who are real estate agents try to sell the the house mm-hmm. uh the the wife looks exactly like the bride-to-be so the butler thinks if he kills her and reunites her with master gracie the curse will be lifted so that's a thing <laughs> well that is that sounds exciting yeah. so she's supposed to be the bride in the attic i don't know it's very <laughs> i got you i um I was actually going to bring that up, the Haunted Mansion up with you because of them doing remakes of the rides. Mm-hmm. The only, I'm such a huge fan of the Haunted Mansion that the only way I would be okay with a, a live action remake or, or any kind of remake of the movie if is, um, is if Tim Burton does it. I think oh, he yeah. could put the right kind of kooky spin on it and maybe not even be live action, maybe do clay like he does so well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just think he would do a great job. So if they're going to do one, let him do it. If not, leave it alone because it's, I mean, you're tarnishing the ride with these awful movies. No, I think they just because 
like Johnny Depp did so well, they were like, oh, a comedian will do well with the Haunted Mansion, but mm. because it's so gimmicky, the, the rides get, I don't know. It was just, it was a failed plan that didn't. Yeah. And I don't out. know what to think about this, this Jungle Cruise. I mean, the I'm rock's actually, cool and all, but why? I'm actually kind of excited. <laughs> Are you? Okay. But, well, on it. Okay, so. The Jungle Cruise is based off the African Queen, which is Walt Disney, one of Walt Disney's favorite movies. So if you take it as an African Queen remake instead of a Jungle Cruise ride movie, then maybe it'll sell more. (laughs) Because they're actually they're they're actually using the basis of African Queen for the the movie. So that's what I got in my head at least. I'm trying not to get too sold into it yet because we know how Haunted Mansion turned out. So (laughs) interesting. Cool. So um, the last thing I wanted to bring up or that I had to bring up was um, there's rumors of the, uh, the little mermaid being remade into live action. Mm -hmm. So of course you have another all time great in Ursula. Have you seen the actresses rumored? Lady Gaga, right? Yeah, I've ha- I have a list of four that's been rumored, and then I have two that I think would be better than who they have rumored. Okay. And maybe I wanted to throw the question at you and see if maybe you had a good, a good casting idea. Okay. So, like you said, Lady Gaga, of course she'd be phenomenal. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, of course you would. Um, then Queen Latifah, uh, Melissa McCarthy, and then uh, Bette Midler. Any of those names jump out at you for, yes, she would definitely do great. Not really. <laughs> I think I Queen Latifah has been brought up because uh, I don't know if you knew this, but several years ago, maybe a decade ago, um, all these celebrities did like a, a retelling of these classic mm-hmm. movies, like for a photo shoot. I don't know what they were selling, but I think it was just mm-hmm. for like Disney vacations. Queen Latifah mm-hmm. was Ursula for that shoot. Oh, I wow. think that's where that came from, possibly. Okay. But I can see it too. Yeah. I don't. I just. I don't know. It's. It's hard for me to cast that role. Let me throw two names at you that I think would be cool, in just okay. my opinion. And the first one, of course, you got to have a great voice to play this role. Um, the first person that came to mind for me was Kelly Clarkson. Oh. I think. I think she would be fun. She has a great singing voice and I think she could fit the role of like goofy, but um, also serious and, and can be kind of evil. And then the other one that came up to me was pink. I think pink would be just really cool. Like, I mean, even above Lady Gaga. Her, her, vo- her singing voice definitely hits that caliber. Yeah. And she kind of has that mean looking face too. not to be mean or anything like she's very beautiful, but Mm -hmm. she kind of has that don't mess with me face. You know what I mean? So I think I think those two would be cool to me. Like if they came out and announced pink was going to be Ursula, I'd be like, I'm on board. Take all my money right now. (laughs) Those are good. Good choices right there. Um, I don't have anything for a casting, but possibly. A drag queen that can sing. Oh my goodness. Good call. Like, That's a good um, idea. 
uh, I forget her name. She she was a judge on RuPaul's Drag Race. Okay. Um, she was also in a Netflix movie called Dumplin'. I forget uh-huh. her name. I'm not. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't seen that show. I was just thinking that because um, Ursula is based off Divine. And oh, okay. That's why I thought that. But your choices have a good vocal range for that awesome song. So. I don't know. And then the only other two, I mean, I think Princess and the Frog would be cool if they did a live action of that. Yes, please. But I'm not really sure who would be who would be great to cast in those roles. But I mean, that's a good future one to look out for. Yeah. Ooh, that would be fun. I hope they do that. <laughs> but no, and then the other one was Pocahontas. That would be Ooh. That'd be cool. And then the only person that came to mind for Pocahontas for me right off the top of my head was um Olivia Munn, if you know who that is. Yeah. I think she'd be cool for that role. I don't know about her singing voice, but I feel like she would she would be good with the look. Mm-hmm. Because Hercules is going on stage now, so it like they what might. Yeah. Oh, wow. um, just for a community play, but who knows? It might go to Broadway. <laughs> yeah, you said that one. What was it? The Into the Woods started as a as a Broadway thing. Yeah. So I mean, maybe Hercules was a fun movie. Hades, another all time great villain i want to see how they do that on stage hades (laughs) how do they get away with that (laughs) is there has there been any of the remakes done so far that you were just like oh why did they do that oh boy remember country bears i I do remake but that's a ride remake yeah that one where i was just like why (laughs) erased from existence i think everybody's just remember so far they've they've been mediocre probably 102 dalmatians is probably my why did they make that they didn't need it yeah i didn't even know it was i didn't even know it was made so i don't know i'm not even sure if it went to theaters honestly oh maybe it was straight to video (laughs) yeah it could have been that the live action villains they've been hit or miss like there's been some really great ones and there's just been some meh they're okay i guess but yeah. And you got to think maybe they were okay just because the original was so good. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. That's that's a tough one. There's very few like what what are your top 3 villains where you're like, "Okay, that is as good as the original." It's I mean, oh, as good as the original? Mm-hmm. Um Not better, gosh. but as good. Um I guess I like the, the Queen of Hearts, I really loved Gaston, I really loved and Shere Khan. I mean, that, oh. that was probably the three that that's blown me away as far as as far as what's been remade. I'm really interested to see how they do Scar and Jafar, though. Like for me, like M- Maleficent was like, wow, that's just as good because because I guess Maleficent didn't have much of a role in Sleeping Beauty. The fact that they can turn this small little role into what Angelina turned it into, I think that's why mm-hmm. it's as good as the original but others where the villain had such a big presence like scar and and jafar it will be hard to determine at this point yeah this might be a a disney sin but i i cannot remember seeing sleeping beauty so i don't i wasn't sure that maleficent's role or or you know you know wasn't as prominent maybe Mm -hmm. so i mean i really like the way they 
I really like the way they did with the movie Maleficent. So it was fun, you know, looking back at some of these movies too. And then, cause you kind of forgot some of them that were made. Like I did forget that they did a Cinderella remake and it was just fun to do the, to do the notes and the, you know, kind of like read into them and how they were and kind of watch scenes from the movies. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for coming on and like bringing this idea uh, to the podcast because this this is this was an awesome awesome idea of trying to put the remake against the animated. My, um, on our show, we we do like like since we cover a lot of stuff, we do we like to do like the recasting thing. Like we did an episode of uh of recasting Batman, mm-hmm. which was a lot of fun. Um, so that kind of like that's always going through my mind of of who could play who, which kind of make like like why I was thinking of Pink for Ursula, mm-hmm. but um. But yeah, that's the kind of stuff me and my brother do. We talk about all kinds of movies and just kind of compare them about how they were and if they are going to redo them and stuff like that. So, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I, I really like as a musician, like, um, like all of the work is in the prepping. And whenever you can come on a show like this, like a, like a really cool show like yours and like the performance and the, the having fun, that's like the best part. Oh yeah. Like doing the notes is the work, but being here talking with people is, is fun. And that's yeah. what I'm. That's what I love. Oh, I did have another question I wanted to ask real quick. Um, do you think, like going back to the parks a little bit, do you think maybe they're going towards these live actions so that the people in the parks doing the meet and greets might make more sense as far as the way they look to kids these days? Oh, definitely. I think that is yeah. a big factor to mm-hmm. not only just the parks, but to gain uh, more fans from the new generation. I think that's the whole plan of all these remakes is to reintroduce everyone to what Disney made their money on back in the, in Mm -hmm. in the Renaissance era. I I remember getting in a conversation on Twitter about this. Like somebody was so angry about Mary Poppins returns last year. I'm like, just think about it. Your kids will know who Mary Poppins is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) before that, you know, Mary Poppins didn't exist to them, you know? Yeah. I mean, to, I mean, to us, I mean, my parents, yeah, that's, that's what they were into and they passed it down to me and now we have something to pass to our kids. So. Exactly. And it, it's a smart move on Disney's part, like for you and me in, in this generation, we're like the middle generation in, in the Disney eras where we got what our parents loved and then we mm-hmm. got the Renaissance era and yeah. now with the new generation, they don't have anything yeah. for them except probably Frozen, you know, and Tangled. Yeah. Disney sees future fans. So mm-hmm. those those iconic characters are in the parks, too. So why not bring those classic characters back? Exactly. So go to the parks. So if you see them as people instead of these weirdly drawn, you know, kind of things going on. Um, it kind of makes them a little more relatable too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm not mad at the live actions. I'll go see them. Like I said, take all my money. But um, but yeah, let's stop hating everything, guys. Let's spread the love. Exactly. Give everything a chance. If you don't like it, don't yeah. like it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. But the kids will like it, and that's what matters. Well, this is so much fun. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Thank you for coming on and and talking villains with me. You're more than welcome to come on in the future when like um, Aladdin comes out or Lion King comes out to maybe rehash what we were talking about. Maybe yeah. compare yeah. the the animated to the remake finally and see mm-hmm. how 
that compare to the others. Awesome. I'm on board. I will be there. Um, that is it for us this week. As I said before, I will link all of Josh's podcast, Twitter, everything down below in the show notes. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye, guys. It's about that time. It's Disney trivia time. It's a time where you get to be a part of the podcast by answering my trivia questions. And if you get it right, you get a shout out for the episode. Last week, I asked what two Disney characters accompany Sora in all of the Kingdom Hearts video games. I, again, did not get a correct answer this week, although Josh from At Main Citizens tried to answer it correctly. <laughs> He said, I wanted to answer your question, but I never played this Hearts game. My guess is Stitch and Mary Poppins. <laughs> I really appreciate that answer. The answer is actually Donald and Goofy. This week's trivia question is, in what year did the first Jungle Book remake come out? And I'm not talking about the one from 2015. I mean the first one that I was talking about in the episode earlier. Uh, there was another Jungle Book remake back in the 90s. That is your hint. If you know the answer to the trivia question or have a question, correction, or comment, or if you want to be a guest on Once I Watched a Disney series, you can contact me through Twitter at DisflixTidbit or email me at DisflixAndTidbits at gmail.com. DisflixAndTidbit comes out weekly every Wednesday morning with a bonus episodes of a movie review in between and now a Once I Watched a Disney sometimes on the weekends. It, you can find this podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Overcast, and basically any podcast app that you use. If you would like to support this podcast, please consider leaving me a review on iTunes. Any review will do, just so I know that you are listening and you like it. You can also help by retweeting the most recent episode on Twitter or DMing me feedback at Disflix Tidbit. Consider picking up one of my new t-shirts possibly at TeePublic under Disflix and Tidbits or finally joining the new Facebook group Disflix and Talk. All you have to do is answer a few standard questions just so I know that you are not working for Skynet. And don't forget, it all started with a mouse. <laughs>